This is the Servers Radio Network. Welcome to this edition of A Server's Journey with Rocky DeStefano. The foundation of the program is everybody's leading something or someone. Thus, we call the program A Server's Journey. Thanks, everybody. I really want to thank you all for coming today and taking time out of your busy schedule to listen to us. Uh, as we, Larry kind of shared here, the premise of our show is that all of us are leading something. And uh, we really uh, think it matters how you lead people. And so whether you're a mom and dad leading a family or a CEO leading a corporate 500 company, a Fortune 500 company, um, we think leadership matters and we're going to take a journey together and find out how to be better leaders. And if you're leading that Fortune 500 company, we would like to hear from you yeah, because we we'd like a little sponsorship. Say once. it with cash is yes. what Larry is saying. <laughs> Well, I understand you have a, a guest today on the program. Yeah. Yes, we do. Yes, we have a, a great gentleman uh, named Foster Dixon, and uh, he is one of the truest examples of servant leadership that I have ever personally been around. Oh, neat. He uh, worked with us. He's still kind of a part-time director um, at our uh, one of our Chick-fil-A's. Every time we kind of throw up the Foster, you know, the bat signal, and Foster comes and saves us. But his main gig is he is a youth director um, at the church at Southlake, which is a church of uh, over a 1,000 people in our area. Mm-hmm. And doing a great job. Yeah, so he is. I'm looking forward to hearing more about uh, Foster. Speaking of your store, yes. wait a minute, that's plural now, right? Yes, stores. You, you uh, have two locations. We do. And yeah. how did it feel to open that second location? So um, we prepare, we over-prepared, which is a tendency that we have. Um, so the actual opening, it um, anticlimactic, which I guess is a good thing. We weren't um, overwhelmed. We definitely felt like we did a decent job. Um, Staffing. And, yeah, and we avoided a lot of the mistakes you can make when you open uh, or when you double your uh, operation. Now, you had, you had hired a lot of people in one location, right? Now, were you able to shift them into the second location? Or yes. was this a whole new organization that you built? So we had our leadership team built already from uh, internally. So we kind of grabbed them, put them in the new store, and then gave them a mix of uh, new long-term and, and new team members. Well, I hate to say this, but I have not been to your new store. It's so far down the road, I can't get there. It's been very duly noted, Larry. Yes, <laughs> we, we've noticed that. Now, so. you have cameras at every door, and you, you yes. monitor who's who's coming in there. Well, we know, we know Larry. We have a special filter that immediately the, alerts us that Larry's there. Is that, what is it's that? a VIP. Re- recognition, <laughs> yes, visual yes, recognition yes. folder, yes. Well, listen, you know, we have a website, and we want to thank ACS Creative for helping us develop that website. Absolutely. They do brochures. They do logos, they do direct mail, ad campaigns, and websites. So if you're looking for a company to build the backside of your podcast, they can do it for you. So contact ACS Creative. They don't don't play games with your money, Larry. And how do you contact ACS Creative? It's very, very difficult. You type ACS Creative, and that's it. They show up. And it goes right there to (laughs) the website. And uh, if you do, please tell Eddie hi. And uh, or Edward, I'm sorry, uh, Mr. Edward, Ed, yes. Edwin, maybe is he is he that professional now? <laughs> but anyways, tell Ed we said hello and uh, let him know that we are constantly using their website. Yes, and encouraging people to use them too. They are really amazing, and they're the real deal. So. 
Epic Moments in Leadership. All right. All right. We're going to talk about Epic Moments in Leadership. Oh, look, that was kind of nice there. We kind of, you know, intermingled our voices, Larry. Yeah. Wow. After doing this for a year now. I know. Yeah. It's not quite a year, but we're going to be celebrating soon. Um, this one, to me, well, the Super Bowl, since we're recording this before the Super Bowl, but after the Super Bowl is when this will air, I thought this was really kind of neat yeah. to hear about. Well, and, you know, the New England Patriots, there's probably going to be a lot of Rams fans for the Super Bowl mm-hmm. because people hate winners, and the Patriots are winners. In fact, this is, I think, Tom Brady's ninth Super Bowl. Third third in a row. Yeah, which is insane if you think about it because that's hard to do. You start with 32 teams, and three years in a row they've been there at the end, which is shocking. Well, we're going to talk about Tom Brady today, and it came up. This way, um, Philip Dorsett was in the uh, Patriot locker room. He had just finished his physical, right? A- and this guy came in and introduced himself and he said, "Hi, I'm what? Tom Brady." Well, hang on, let me interject this too because I want to put this in context. Okay. So, who is Philip Dorsett? Yeah. He's the highly recruited player. They just drafted number one. No, uh, Philip Dorsett actually was drafted by the Indianapolis Colts. He did not work. He was cut from the Colts. He's hmm. a wide receiver, tons of speed, but just never caught on. So what you're about to say is made even more astounding because you would expect this person to do this if it was a star, but this is a guy they picked up off the waiver wire who another team already said, you're not good enough. So. Hmm. Enter Larry, you can finish it. Well, Tom Brady came up and introduced himself, and Dorsett said, I I know who you are. That's right. You you don't have to introduce yourself. Right. Well, Dorsett, I mean, uh, Tom Brady is 41 years old. Yeah, and makes him what? The oldest non-kicker in the NFL. Right, and he, honestly, in the NFL, he belongs to a protected class. Uh, There has to be some kind of age discrimination working (laughs) here because – um, you don't make it to 40-plus if you're a quarterback. It's almost impossible. Impossible, yeah. Well, the amazing thing is Dorsett is so young that he he was watching uh, Brady play. That's right. When he was a kid. Yeah, in fact, um, Brady is he's a decade older than all but six New England Patriots. Mm-hmm. But, um in fact, what was it? I think 30 of his teammates are actually closer to Tom Brady's son's, son's age, Jack, who's 11, uh-huh. than they are to Brady. Right. So Brady's uh, primary uh, strategy in navigating the age gap at his workplace is he just ignores it. Hmm. So talk about, Larry, what, what does he mean when he says he ignores it? Well, you know, it's possible for Brady to push aside the age difference because of the nature of his workplace. Right, yeah. Uh, he's, he's fit into the Patriots locker room his whole career. And being in the locker room, I guess, is a place where you've got to really fit in. That's right. And you think about it. He is 41, and he's surrounded by millennials. And I actually understand what he goes through because it's similar where I work. Yes. It, it's, uh, a, it's a football locker room, and it's kind of a place of suspended youth. Mm. And it's amazing because when they have those helmets on, you don't really see their age. That's right, yeah. You know, it, it's funny because the um, other people on the team, they actually joke with Brady, and they, they say he's 41, but he's really 24. 
And in fact, uh, Brian Hoyer, who's the backup quarterback, he's 33, and he says, when I go home, I feel 33, but when I come here, I feel the same age as I did when I first put on the helmet. So the locker room, it doesn't really change. The people may change, but the environment and the atmosphere, they're, they're not talking about what they talked about 10 years previous or 20 years previous in Brady's instance. Um, so for Brady and for other older players, Larry, they try not to get lost. So they keep very um, up to date on common trends, uh, performers, movies, right. all that kind of stuff. Now, uh, Megan Gerhardt, who's a Miami University business professor, said this, said somebody that's willing to build a relationship, connect with them and engage with them has a much better opportunity to pass down that experience and that wisdom than somebody that wouldn't have that relationship. Yeah. And that means a lot more to millennials. Yeah. In fact, Larry, the connection may matter more to Brady's youngest teammates than at any point in his career. You know, we talk a lot about, and I, I am pretty fond of saying people can't help the age they are. And what I mean by that is they could be the brightest Harvard-educated 24-year-old graduate in the world, and they've got youth and energy and great ideas, and they don't have any wisdom or they don't have any business wisdom or business experience. And I'm not cutting them down. What I'm saying is they can't help not having that experience because they're 24. Mm -hmm. So what Brady has figured out is if I stay current, if I try to meet them somewhere where they live, I have a better shot at giving them the wisdom that I've learned over the last 20 years. And he still passes the ball. That's right. Yeah, he still <laughs> passes the ball. So um, I guess what we're saying here is um, stay current, um, stay engaged. Don't expect that the younger folks in your organization are going to automatically be desperate to hear your wisdom. But if you form a relationship and you show them that you're trying to engage with them the way they live, then normally they'll accept that wisdom. And then there's a powerful team because you've got somebody with youth and energy and ideas combined with somebody who's seen some stuff, maybe lived through some life. And together, that's a pretty powerful team. I think that's one reason why the Patriots have been so good. So that's our epic moment in leadership. All right, so we are going to welcome Foster to the show today. And Foster, you're one of my favorite people. I think you know that, but <laughs> welcome to the show. Whoa. I think that's a lie. <laughs> it's not a lie. All right, let's let's get on with the interview here. Uh, all right, see, Larry's already. <laughs> um, okay, so I'm going to ask Foster some questions, and that's uh, the way the show goes. You ask questions, and the guest answers. <laughs> yes, that's the on. basic component of I the make interview. Up answers, right? yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, Solid. And then Larry makes us sound good. All right, so Foster, first of all, tell us a little bit about yourself. Who are you and what do you do in life? Um, so who I am and what I do, uh, I try to try to make it through the day without getting fired. That's what all I right, do. Yeah. Um, well, I'm the uh, Director of Student Ministry at the Church of South Lake here in Claremont, Florida. Um, and so, Are you over the probation time? Uh, no, I'm still, I've got like another two weeks of my probationary oh, period, no. so if we so say anything bad about Pastor Brian today, just keep it to yourselves for another two weeks. <laughs> uh, that's almost impossible. The statute of limitations expires at that point, and it's, <laughs> it's free reign then. Um, so I oversee their youth department, um, primarily through uh, organizing our weekly meetings. Um, I, I do the teachings most Wednesdays um, 
um, interacting with students, planning a lot of the outreach events and in-reach events that we do. We just had our, um, we call it five to one weekend, but it's our weekend lock-in event where all the students come to the church yeah. um, and they actually stay there. And it's just a whole weekend to kind of pour into them and them get away from. Yeah. I was wondering how that went. Cause I honestly, I have to be honest, uh, 20 years ago, that sounds pretty good to me. Yeah. Now I was like, Oh my gosh, 24 hours, no sleep. Uh, it's uh, yeah. I'm I'm feeling it now. Like I'm still good yeah. and in my prime, but like it got to like three in the morning. I was like, dear lord, what are these kids doing? That's like, right. But yeah. you were doing pretty good the the Sunday afterwards. I know he was playing guitar I was, up there. Yeah. <laughs> was pretty good. I, I was it impressed. Was, it was sheer will, duct tape, and prayer that was keeping me up playing <laughs> that guitar. I tell you what, amen. Um, but the the weekend went really well. We only had one incident. A kid tripped and nailed his head into a cabinet, um, yes, which I, was I saw that. it was, yeah, it was yeah. really not a cool thing. It was kind of neat to see all those nursing purex coming to play right there. Tripped or was he pushed, Foster? Well, <laughs> he mouthed off, and I just and there you know, we go. I was like, don't you dare talk back to your elders. No, um, he tripped. But other than that, it was really good. Had a lot of really good discussions. It was actually kind of cool. About four in the morning, a couple of the older guys uh, came out into the lobby where I was sitting at, um, just keeping an eye on things, and came and just sat and talked with me about what it meant to be kind of like a guy. And one of them was this kid's older brother, and um, the whole event kind of shook them up a little bit. And so we kind of talked about that and how he reacted in the situation. And um, it was just a really neat kind of opportunity to hear part of their story and their life and kind of get to pour into um, them a little bit. Yeah. So, and Foster does a great job with that. He he also is a part time director uh, at our our Chick fil A. L- lately, he's been a little bit more than part time, so he's been working a double duty, I think. But so, what does a director? What does that mean? That's a great question, Rocky. What does that mean? <laughs> they direct, Larry. <laughs> I, I think it's pretty clear there. But uh, you know, so we talk about you know we, we're trying to build a culture. We're trying to build something that is uh, has integrity. And um, our directors kind of make sure that the train is going in the right direction. Uh, Foster does a good job with that. He he, he would be uh, false modesty. He would show false modesty, but he's a, he's really good with that. In particular, people uh, when he walks in, people they smile. They're excited to see him, which is it's big. It's it's hard to do. So Foster, talk to me a little bit about what is we talk a lot about servant leadership mm-hmm. and how we believe that that's the best way to lead. Talk to me about what you think that servant leadership means. What that looks like. Um, the best way I could explain it, I don't remember where I got this illustration. It was So I did two years serving with Global Youth Ministry up in Georgia, um, running youth camps and conferences around the states. And they're really big on that same aspect, servant leadership. Um, and I remember thinking one day and just kind of processing through that and came up with this, this image. And so I don't know if you've ever uh, been on a mountain or climbed a mountain and gone mountain hiking. Yes, I'm old, but not that old. But not that old. Well, you know, I didn't want to judge. I know know. what a mountain is. It's okay. I mean, you got your little walker to get up the side. That's cool. I I do, yes. Um, With the little tennis balls. Yeah. yeah. They make mountain hiking tennis balls now. They've got traction on them. Um, So, and I was was looking, I was was just thinking, and so we lived on a mountain at Global, and like you get to the summit, you kind of look out over the valley, and it was absolutely beautiful. And I remember thinking that that was kind of like what leadership was. Like so often you get to this summit, um, a lot of times in a literal sense because you've worked very hard to get there and you get this amazing view of seeing you know everything that you are now um, have the opportunity to pour into um, everything that you've worked hard at and so I, I kind of got this idea that servant leadership was a real servant leader when they get to this new height this new level and they can admire how beautiful it is up there they immediately reach down and grab everyone else and pull them up to that level they're not satisfied to stand up there and just admire the beauty and everyone else stands down below them and they can tell them how great it is but you just need to listen to me um, they pull them up to that summit and then once everybody's there that summit now becomes the norm and so they immediately start looking for the next summit 
and they yeah. climb up. They do whatever it takes to be the one that climbs up to that summit. And as soon as they get there and look around like, wow, this is even better. They That's immediately right. reach down and pull everyone else up to that level. They're never satisfied to be set aside as higher than everyone else. They want everyone to constantly be able to admire that view themselves and kind of get to um, see from that vantage point. You know, I, I heard a, a, a speech once from a decorated Navy um, general. I think it's a general in the Navy, but whatever, the Navy equivalent. And he talked about how um, it's easy to think that you're a servant leader. Uh, and he kind of talked about how he pictured leadership as a tree. Mm-hmm. And all these monkeys were on the tree and he was on the top branch. And he said that when um, you look down... All you see is a sea of smiling faces, but when they look up, they get an entirely different view <laughs> of, of, of leadership. So I, I love your approach to pulling people up with you so that you're on equal ground. Mm-hmm. I think that's a, a true servant leader. So that's a great definition. Better than we've ever done. So <laughs> we'll, we'll take it. Okay. So now next question would be, mm-hmm. give me some examples, you know, give me some um, ways that you've seen this in action, whether at church or at Chick-fil-A or just in life in general. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, definitely at our store, we've got, I mean, we've got a solid crew between both stores now. Um, but, you know, I've always looked up to, there's so many guys I, I could talk about, but I know just two of them right off the bat, um, Agilon and Danny, um, literally are phenomenal. Um, I tease Agilon all the time. I don't think he knows quite how much I look up to him. Yeah. Um, but I remember coming in and getting trained by Agilon and thinking like, dang, I'm going to quit. Like this guy's really intense. Um, but he never, um, when I would struggle in the beginning, he like, he never gave up on me. He constantly bought into whatever I was doing. He did his job. And when I was learning the ropes, jumped in and did my job and never held it against me. Like I can't do your job for you. Da, da, da. Like, he was just willing to help me get better. Um, and I've watched him. I can't even count the times I've seen AJ jump in um, and shoulder two or three jobs at once right. to help somebody else out. And he never does it grudgingly. Um, right. You know, if we're goofing around, like he'll call us out on it. But yeah. when he knows that it's just generally like, okay, we're busy and, and you can't handle it, he shoulders as much of the weight as he can. I mean, he never expects anything back with it either. He never wants the recognition. In fact, if you recognize him, he, he generally throws the recognition off to someone else right. yeah. um, time and time again. He's always just looking for ways to, to, to make the crew better. He's one of those guys, every time he comes in, you can just tell, like, man, this guy is, the whole store is better with his presence. Yeah, I think he's, uh, you know, one of his greatest traits is he provides a safety net so mm-hmm. that you know if I fail, he's he's yeah. here to catch me. Yeah. But he doesn't lord over you. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that it's easy to provide the safety net, but it takes a rare person to not, you know, walk in there and yeah. say, I'm better than you and I want you to know it. And everybody yeah. recognize right now that I'm better than Foster or yeah. Rocket, you know. Um, which I think honestly, as you age and uh AJ and I have talked about this, you, you reach a point where you can't step in and you have to kind of be um, you know, the uh, Yoda instead of Luke Skywalker, mm-hmm. you know? And so, uh, I've gone through that transition where I can talk, well, I talk trash better than anybody. I can't step in and do many jobs mm-hmm. as well or better than other people now. Right. So anyways, but yeah, Agilon is a great example. One of the finest men. Yeah, he, he really is awesome. Um, and he would probably deny it. I know he would deny it, but, but he definitely is. And then Danny, on the other hand, um, Danny's one of my favorite people to work side by side with. Um, besides the fact that he's just always exuding positivity um, and hope in everything he does, yeah. um, Danny constantly leans in and takes the ugly jobs. If, there, if there's a job that somebody does not want to do, like even if it's not said, like, all right, who wants to go run trash or who wants to clean out the filters or who wants to dig out all that gunk that's in the drains? Like, 
most people are going to blatantly say no, but there is that awkward pause like, uh. Yeah, that's the dark side of Chick-fil-A. I mean, yeah. when, when, I, I love taking out the trash. Did you really? Yeah. yeah. Not when a bag rips all over you. Yeah. yeah, you get a chance to get outside. Come on. I, I know that when people say somebody threw up in the playground, it's Ooh, never my, it's, oh, yeah, yeah, let me go do it. But I, I try to do it. I was wishing upon a star yeah. that was going to happen yes, today. Yes. Let me tell you. Please, God, please. <laughs> but Danny's all, I mean, Danny will literally be the first one to jump in. Yeah, I'll take care of that. Um, he's always going around and caring for the crew and, and, and giving them chances to go get breaks, to take a breather, to get something to eat, get something to drink. And one of the things I really admire about Danny is I've never seen him back down. One of the most, um, I think, trying things that we go through is dealing with disgruntled guests. Yeah. we just um, Actually, we just did an episode on how do you satisfy a, a, a complaint yeah. or a customer complaint. And um and I love our guests. I love serving people. I literally that is my heart. I found that over the years, I my patience has gotten tested on that. I'm very quick to not want to serve if you're rude to my my crew. Um, but I've seen Danny when when we get guests that are just blatantly upset, and sometimes for legitimate reasons. Sometimes, if we're being honest, for not legitimate reasons. Um, but Danny is always very quick to say, "I'll take care of that," and he jumps right in and interacts with me. He's always very gracious and loving, and that's one of those things, especially in leadership. I mean, for me, like, I don't want to, definitely don't want to throw that on a crew member. Like, I'm going to jump in and, and talk with a guest and handle it so you don't have to. Right. But the fact that Danny is always, I mean, if, if, if it's a race, he will beat you to that guest, yeah. hands down, to be able to talk with them, get yelled at by them, handle the situation, and always try to leave it better than he found it and leave them in a better experience than yeah, when they is, him. He, you know, what's amazing about Danny, and I think that one great thing about servant leadership, and I get to, you know, kind of cherry pick on your great comments, is he, he has the ability, he sees the good in people yeah. in a way that honestly I don't always um, sometimes I'm like I, you know, I'll hear a complaint and I'll be like come on yeah. but he he's like well you know that person's going through this or hey I think you know yeah. it's amazing to me and I think you know, we, we talked about um, I tend to fall on that side of I'm going to protect the crew and I know you do also just and, a little bit and Danny falls on the side of hey I wonder what that person's going through how mm-hmm. can I help so he's a great person, a great face yeah. to the customer for sure. Yeah. I know anytime I work with him, I always step away like, golly, I've got so much more to learn. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, the great thing is, and we talk about this and we believe that everybody has gifts, everybody has talents yeah. and um, even more important than trying to improve on your weakest talent mm-hmm. is knowing where you're not strong and, mm-hmm. you know, focusing on your strength. It's okay to say, I'm not great at that, but Danny is, mm-hmm. but I'm really good at here. And so I'm going to focus my energy here and let Danny, you know, do what he does great, yeah. what he was created to do. So, yeah. All right. So, uh, any anybody else or anything else that comes to mind? Yeah. You know what? So I've I've been at the church for just shy of three months now, um, which has been an awesome experience. And um, you kind of hear mixed stories about working in churches. Like you, you hear about you know people that genuinely buy into it, that their faith is so genuine, they want to serve. But I mean, it's real people. I mean, everybody's yeah. broken. The best pastor in the world, the best servant in the world, is, is a broken individual. And so um, it can be kind of hit or miss working in organizations um, that, that pursue ministry. I think sometimes because we get this mentality that they are above everyone else, right? And so they shouldn't fall. Um, but there is one person, and and she'll fully deny it. Um, but we've got one, one of the, the gals at, at the church, um, Andrea Crow, she's the director of special events, women's ministry is an absolutely phenomenal servant leader. Yep. Um, I agree with that. And case, she's quiet about it. So. She's very quiet. She'll deny it. She, she will, she'll laugh it off. Um, but case in point this past weekend, so the five to one weekend. So my job is, and, and her job is overseeing special events. Um, but my job overseeing the student 
ministry is to plan and run art events as best I can. Um, but this whole weekend and the two weeks leading up to it, Andrea bought into every little thing that she could to help make our weekend better. And I kid you not, Rock, like this weekend was as well as it was because of what Annie did. Um, and there were a lot of people that played into, I'm not trying to downplay anybody, but she did so much behind the scenes that she didn't want people to see that made this weekend as well as it was. Yeah. And she did that because she has kids that were at five to one weekend, right? No, no. Her, um, her two kids are, are younger than that. And so I, you know, that was the point I wanted to meet. So she, she has no business no. being there. There's no reason why she should have had yeah. to be there, but she's caring and she understood, Hey, Somebody's going to kill yeah. one of these kids after <laughs> 28 hours. I better, you know, be there. Be so. there just in case. And and her job, you know, as a special events director may require that she, you know, participates in planning some events, but it doesn't require her to go above and beyond like that. Like she was there all day Saturday hanging out with our kids and, and helping out where she could with the food and with setting up and, and prepping all the stuff and like that was not required in the slightest. Yeah. Um, but I think in that you definitely see a perfect example of what servant leadership is. That, yeah. You know, she came in and lifted up everything around her just a little bit higher and made yeah. it just a little bit better um, yeah. for no benefit to herself, really. Yeah. And, you know, I think that's uh, servant leadership. If, if it's done correctly, mm-hmm. it's people coming together to lighten a load because yeah. a lot of times our loads are, are unfairly difficult, uh, you know, and that's just life. Life can be unfair. Um, uh, how many kids were at five to one weekend? Um, final number, we had somewhere between mid-60s and mid-70s. Yeah, which is, you know, it's a lot of people, yeah. and a lot of young kids with a lot of energy and um, some would say that would be unfair for one one youth director to, to manhandle. So it was <laughs> no, good that was you had help. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we had a ton of help. Yeah, it was incredible. Okay, so I'm going to talk real quick about, because Foster's not going to tell um, this part, is uh, the reason why we asked Foster to be on the show is that he is one of the greatest servant leaders. And he, again, false modesty, um, which I'm not going to let him get away with here. There are tons of bad things about Foster. Number one, he's Irish and I'm Italian. And so there's a natural, you know, yin and yang here, you know, but anyways, um, but he's great. He's a great servant leader. Uh, He's done so many amazing things and and they're small things. Uh, Sometimes it's nothing more than he's off. He doesn't really want to work, I'm sure. And he hears that we're short staffed and he's almost always the first to say, hey, I'll be there. And this is, he's not really, I mean, he's working for us still, but really he's got another job. It's a full-time job, um, and yet he makes himself available. And even something as simple as that means a lot to people. But he, I can't tell you the number of times he's not worked, but come in and brought donuts or coffee for the crew or come in and said, hey, who needs something or can I, can I run an errand for you? Um, Foster is a, what I would consider to be a true uh, servant leader, so... I, I thought Larry had something to say, but he changed his mind. No, I did not. Okay. I, I think that's fantastic. This is the longest that. Larry's ever been silent. <laughs> I've never heard Larry this silent. And we know that Foster is also a voice on a server's journey moment. That's right. Of which yeah. he takes part in, and we appreciate his work on that. Yep. So. Thanks yep. for letting me help out. Appreciate it. All right. So before we go, Larry, do you, do you want to do this with Foster? Well, yeah, Foster. What we do is uh, you've probably heard the podcast already. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's ever listened to it. I, that's a lot. <laughs> that's good. So we go do this or that, and we will, it just gets us in a little insight into what you're thinking. Okay. So let's play this or that. Solid. Now, do you know Elon Musk or Richard Branson? Which one of those would you, uh, you know, identify I would pick, with? I would have to say Elon Musk. And why? 
I love how much of a visionary he is and the fact, and I don't know the whole story, but the fact that I feel like every time there's a problem that goes wrong um, with SpaceX or with Tesla, like he just seems so quick to jump in and like, all right, we're going to find a solution. I love that. He's definitely somebody who doesn't see obstacles. I think that's like, you know, that mindset is pretty amazing. And that's great to see today. Mm -hmm. All right. What about Stephen Jobs or Bill Gates? Uh... I'll be honest, I'm not a huge techie. I'd probably have to say Steve Jobs. Okay. And? Any reason? Are you? Do you use iPhones? I, I do use an iPhone. You called me out on my sin right there. Well, there's nothing wrong with that, I don't think. But uh, what about, uh, do you use, what do you use on computers? Are you a um, Mac or uh, the... A PC? Uh, I'm, I'm a Mac guy recently. Mm. I made the transition. It's just... It's a good transition. It's nice. Yeah. I got to say, you know, it's it's clean. It's nice. Yeah, I find that I get, uh, you know, when you start getting used to using Apple devices like the iPad or the iPhone and you can, like, touch and, and mm-hmm. use your fingers, when I'm on an HP, I find myself trying to touch the screen. I get so frustrated <laughs> when I can't do yeah. you know, so. Wow, I, I've got to learn Mac sometime. All right, what about, um, Rocky knows that I like Steve Jobs only because of packaging. Okay. And I don't... Do you know anything about his packaging? It's so neat. It's so clean. It's so functional. That almost got dirty there. Yeah, I'm not... Yeah. What is this show What are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> All right, he another said one. packaging. Oh, packaging. Okay. Steven Jobs... Or no, uh, Steven uh, Spielberg or uh-huh. Walt Disney. Ooh, dang. Um, I would probably have to say Steven Spielberg. Hmm. Yeah. So do you have a favorite movie by Steven Spielberg? Oh, I'm a huge Indiana Jones fan. Really? Yeah. I did not the, know that. The Last Crusade, I probably watched that a million times as a little kid. It's the best. He's the ultimate child hero. Come Which on. one do you like the best? Which one? The one where he grabs the heart out of the person's chest? No, Temple of Doom. Temple of Doom's good. That part always was like, man, this is really creepy. It's a little uh, bit dark, yeah. The Last Crusade, I love it. The whole scene where they're going through the desert and he's riding on the tank um, with the... With uh, that one guy, and they're just punching each other as they're heading to the cliff. I always thought that was pretty awesome. His dad rides up with a horse, and he jumps off last. Or, he, no, he goes yeah, over with the tank. That yeah. was, who Who was his dad? Um, Sean Connery. He yeah. was great. He was he was what, really What awesome. a pair. What a yeah. pair. I, uh, so, so I have to ask, have you seen the newest one where I he's old? I have seen the newest one where he's old. Thoughts? Oh. It was okay. Like, I think because I grew up on it, they could probably do, they could make a five-minute film, which is, you know. Harrison Ford just standing there in the, the Indian Jones costume would be like, man, this is one of the greatest works of mankind yeah. right here. Yeah. Hey, um, he's still impressive. He's in his he, 70s and can still take off was. his shirt. I'm just the first, say that. well, 70-year-old man without their shirts is what does it for you, Rock. That's it, cool. It you know, I'm Irish, it, and we don't quite roll that it, way, but I mean, you know, I'm not judging. Throw you a potato, you get pretty excited. I would get excited for potato. Uh, I, Harrison Ford with no shirt on <laughs> makes more sense. I'm going to step in here. Uh, what about Star Wars or Harry Potter? Are you a Potter fan? Oh, I'm a, I'm a Potter fan. I do love Star Wars, but I'm a Potter fan. So you're saying you're a pothead. Sorry. No comment. <laughs> <laughs> now, I have never watched or seen or read okay. any Harry Potter. So I can I pray for no you real quick if you want. I know, right? Yeah, that's, that's bow our heads. I, wow. Larry, you need to do this. Okay. You, you know, we just talked about how Tom Brady in a previous episode, we yes. talked about how he kept current. I'm yes. just saying, Larry, Harry Potter's it, buddy. Okay. So. Wow. That you, means that means Universal. I got to go to Universal. Well, you've got Harry seven Potter, books. To Wizarding read World of Harry Potter is incredible out yeah. there. I mean, even if you don't go on the rides, I'm not a huge thrill ride guy, but just going and seeing it and all the yeah. detail they put now, in. That I have awesome. done, and I've rode the train, and that have was really? a great experience. Do you, do you like roller coasters, Larry? Um, I used to. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just a heads up: the one in the Green Guys Bank has a drop. Somebody lied to me on that. Wow. Oh, you mean the you mean the, the little movie one that they make for kids? 
Excuse me, the, the one, one they, they make, make for kids? like seven year olds. That one that yeah, you're afraid of. Yeah, one? sure. So, okay. so you don't like roller coasters? I don't. I was traumatized as a kid. I don't like them either, but I like that one. I, I mean, see. I like him once I'm on it. I lose about seven years off my lifespan waiting in waiting, line. Yeah. But once we get in and the first drop happens, I'm a joy. Like yeah. hands up, screaming, yeah. yelling. I often say if I could walk onto a roller coaster. I'd probably ride more. Yeah. It's the 30 minutes before oh. where I'm like, holy God, yeah. please. Okay, the runaway train in Disney, you know, what's that called? The, the mountain? Oh, that's uh, why, thunder, I, don't like, that's why I don't like roller coasters. Yeah. It's Thunder Mountain. That's the legit yeah. roller coaster that scared me. Now, I can ride Thunder Thunder Mountain. Yeah, not, most little girls can, but well, Foster has trouble with it. So. You know what? All right. <laughs> <laughs> One more question, and we got to get out of here. What about Broadway or rock and roll? Now, I understand you Ooh. play a guitar. Yeah. Yes. I think we know the answer here. Yeah, I, I would probably have to say rock and roll. I do love Broadway musicals, and as I get older, I, I like them more. I enjoy them more, and I, I see the, the value and the beauty in them. But, man, there's just something about, you know, some good old-fashioned rock and roll, or for me, punk rock, personally. And you do play a mean rock. guitar. Well, I don't really play. I just stand up there. They play a backing track. Yes. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah, it just looks awkward if you don't have somebody standing up there looking the part. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, and, and we have to put a, a kind of a comment out because foster's favorite group is yellow card oh, preach it. and so they probably need the help so everybody <laughs> out of out of pity go buy a yellow card album or a, you know on itunes grab one of their songs it could be worse yeah. i could like you too oof, oof, that's a kick in the gut right there is man. it well i want to thank everybody for being with us here on a server's journey and foster thank you we'll look forward to hearing Absolutely. you on tuesday on the uh, service journey moment, the yeah. moments. So. And I, I, I appreciate that he help, jumps in and helps because all of our times are, uh, time is limited, so it's nice to have another person to help out. And speaking of time, That's until next done. time, Rocky, right. I'm your ever-faithful companion. Yeah, Larry, you are the butter to my popcorn. Oh. You know? I'm not sure how to take that. I like butter and I like popcorn. So I do, too. Two of the greatest things in life. Uh. All right, anyways, uh, as always, we say that... Um, we want to remind you that we're all on a journey and, and we really, we kind of take it seriously, even though we kind of made some jokes today. Leadership is serious because uh, people spend a lot of time at work and we really believe that when you lead with integrity and with as a servant, that it's the best environment possible. And again, we're on this journey together. We, you're not alone. Um, I screw up regularly and we could have had a show where Foster pointed out my uh, falls. There, Ooh, there are many. It. There I'm, are many. A new show, it. Rocky Screw Up. <laughs> hey, you know what? Like bloopers, but uh, they're not recorded, thank God. <laughs> but, you know, you're all. we're all on this journey together, and at the end of the day, we're just trying to become better leaders. So, as always, I want to thank you for coming and listening, and my name is Rocky DeStefano, and together we're going to learn to be better leaders. <laughs> <laughs>